Welcome to the Big Dog Random Show with your host, Big Dog. That's me and my beautiful co-host, Little T. What's up, baby? Hello there. Good afternoon. Or whatever time you're listening to it. (laughs) (laughs) Here, it's afternoon. So, guess who I got to do the show? Who's that? Mr. T. Mr. T? (laughs) Say (laughs) boo. No, I'm doing it, Mr. T. Guess again. Mm-hmm. Um, Ice T? Just kidding. No Ice Cube. <laughs> ice Cube. No, no, no. <laughs> I got somebody better than all those guys. Who's that? Matt Knapp from Bigfoot Crossroads. I did a show. Um, cool. Not too long ago. Did you listen to it? Yes, I did. When do you got time to listen to it? podcasts when i'm driving ah okay i, I think a lot, lot of people do that i hear a lot of people say when they're traveling they listen to podcasts which is cool good to be a co-pilot on your little trips so we're doing all right with the um, followers but we need more so if you guys can um share and like and comment and do whatever even if you want to send us a dollar on uh, the Spotify thing we'll take it if I get a million people to send us a dollar I think we'll be all right (laughs) (laughs) anyway let's get to it Matt what the heck is going on in the woods man you tell me bro you tell me (laughs) What is in the woods? Lots of stuff. You've been in the game for a long time, and you've talked to probably tons and tons of people. You've uh, been out running around in the woods, and I know you know a lot of people in this field. So what, what do you make of all this? Man, you know, whenever I first started out, uh, I was in my early 20s, and uh, at the time, it was more or less just I was always interested in these type subjects, not just Bigfoot, but ghosts and all kinds of stuff, whatever, you know, anything unexplained. And uh, I found out that people were going out in the woods and looking for these things. And then I found out people in Oklahoma were going out in the woods and looking for these things. And I was like, man, there ain't no way. I, I got to go. I got to go see. I got to go see for myself. Right. And uh, so I just ended up meeting up with some people online, really and uh talking to them and getting to know them and man they told me all kinds of crazy stories uh these are all you know older folks uh (laughs) you know at least 20 years and older than me at the time and uh they all had been doing this for a really long time so i was really fortunate to go out with a group of people like that and so i just started going out with them and uh before too long, you know, they put me in some good areas and I had a sighting and, uh, it kind of blew my mind a bit because for one, I was now realizing that these weren't just stories, that there really was something out there. And for two, I had just really kind of started. Uh, I had been going out for maybe a year or so at the time, which as you know, in the Bigfoot world, that ain't nothing. Yep. And uh, I knew of people, like I had already met, uh, you know, like John Bendernagel at that point. I met a lot of veteran researchers already. And I had been to like the, the TBRC conference and everything. Uh, that's where I met Bendernagel. And like, so like I knew of these people that had been doing this for years and years and years and years and never seen anything. And then here I am, some newbie, and I've already seen one, and I'm in Oklahoma. So that just kind of makes everything worse. So <laughs> it, it really made me be kind of apprehensive about who I talked to about it and what all I said about, you know, some of the experiences going on. Because, man, you know you know what it's like, mm-hmm. uh, the looks you get from people uh, just in general you know, the public and your family and your friends and everything, whenever you try to tell them about this. Uh, But I was even more concerned 
about how people in the Bigfoot world were going to view me because I was a researcher and I didn't want them to think that I was like making it up or lying or something since I was so new to the game. And so I just really uh, kind of kept it to myself for a long time. I mean, obviously the people that I was going out with knew about it. And I did uh, post it to a website at the time, uh, Bigfoot Encounters, mm-hmm. ran by a woman named Bobby Short, you know, RIP. But that's just because I asked, like, you know, the leader of the group that I was with, like, should I submit this report to somebody? Do we have a place to submit it? And he just told me to submit it to her, so I did. And uh, really, at that point in time, I was approaching everything with the mindset of whatever this is, it's just got to be like basically a gorilla, like a North American gorilla. And from my research, you know, of going through all the sightings and all the reports and everything and talking to people and just the people that I was surrounded by, uh, that was kind of the mindset, you know? And there was a lot of similarities between like gorilla behavior and Bigfoot behavior believed to be at least but then as time went on and I had more experiences out in the woods and I talked to more people and that that knowledge base started growing over the years I realized man there's a lot more to this than that these aren't just some undiscovered apes this isn't anything like a gorilla I mean it it is in the sense that like they live out in the woods and they're very uh animalistic in some of their behavior but then I saw that in other senses they're very human like and almost more like uh, a tribal society of things living out there at times. It was so weird and then you talk to more people including people that I knew personally that you know they would never talk about it publicly but around a campfire late at night it's just you guys, everybody trusts everybody, everybody knows one another, those stories start coming out of, well, there is this one time whenever this happened. And they'd tell you some kind of crazy supernatural paranormal story that took place. And then, you know, they'd just be like, but I don't know what it was or anything. But you start noticing that there's a lot of these paranormal elements to this thing too. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know that they're paranormal. Maybe they are just some undiscovered primate. I'm just saying that a lot of things are being experienced out in the woods whenever people are out there looking for Bigfoot. Yeah. You end up with more questions than answers. Oh, for sure. Now, when you had your sighting, were you alone or were you with some people? I was with a gang of people, dude. (laughs) This wasn't even really a research outing that I was on. It was actually a barbecue. (laughs) Like a barbecue camp out in an area that had lots of Bigfoot activity. So so like there is all kinds of people there. Like, I mean, people were coming from other states and stuff and there was probably I don't know, 15, 20 people involved in this outing. Uh, you know, it was a weekend camp out and barbecue. And then as a large group, we would break off into smaller groups and go to different areas uh, around where we were and, you know, do our quote unquote research. But it was really more of just like a sightseeing tour of an active area by the locals that we were friends with on there. And uh, at the time, I was with a group of probably about 10 people and we were in this area uh, called the Nature Center. It was down in Sulphur, Oklahoma. And the Nature Center is just this rock building in the middle of the woods where the rangers kind of have an office at, but the public can go in there and they've got some like animals on display that are native to the area and you can get brochures and buy souvenirs and stuff like that. It's all inside of this national park and so that building has its own parking lot up front and what we were told is that it was a common thing for people in the park to uh be driving down this road late at night 
and see Bigfoot digging through the trash cans inside the parking lot. This was like a known thing for the locals. So that's why we were there. And uh, our group had split up into kind of two smaller groups. And one of the groups was on one end of the parking lot, and the other one was on the other end. And uh, there was uh, the leader of the group, a guy named Robert, uh, not Big Bob Domingo's of Bigfoot Club, but a different Robert. Mm. Uh, he was using a Gen 3 night vision scope, which at the time, you know, that was that was it. There, Nobody had any thermal at, at the time. You know, night vision was all anybody had, and a Gen 3 scope was like, yeah, the chef's kiss of Bigfoot equipment. All right. So he's looking through this uh, scope, and uh, he calls me over, and he's like, Matt, come see if you see what I'm seeing. Like, he, he's looking at something, and he wants me to verify. So I walk over there. I was the closest person to him. That's the only reason he chose me. I walk over there, and I'm like, okay, where do you want me to look? And he's like, put the scope up to your eye. And then in the lens, I could see his hand, and he's kind of like pointing to this specific area. So I'm looking, and I see his eye shine. That's the first thing that gets my attention. And this eye shine is really bright, really intense, and it's staring what it, it, it looks like it's staring right at us. I don't know if it actually was or not, but it looked to me like whatever this thing was was staring at us. And this scope had a little bit of a zoom on it because it was actually meant for a hunting rifle. And so I don't know how much the zoom was, but it was a little bit. Uh, probably, you know, three or four time magnification. So I'm looking at this eye shine trying to figure out, you know, is that like a deer? What is that? And everything starts to come into focus around it. And uh, I see that it's a face. It's partially obscured by some limbs that are, you know, going in front of it. Uh, but I could see from basically the upper forehead area down to just below the mouth. And, uh, I, you know, I would, my eyes were just locked on it. I, I can still see it in my head to this day, bro. It's like, uh, people always ask me what it looked like, you know, and I try my best to describe it. I've described it a thousand times, but I'll tell you the exact thing that popped in my head the first time I ever saw it. It reminded me of the old Wolfman from the black and white movie. Not that it looked like a wolf. It didn't have like a wolf nose or anything. It didn't have like that dog nose like the Wolfman has. But the jawline, just the way that it looked, it had like an underbite to it. Hmm. And the jawline was wider than, like, the temple area. The eyes were set real far apart. They were real big, kind of almond-shaped. It had, like, this nose that... The nose was, like, kind of like a cross between a human and a gorilla nose. I know that doesn't make a lot of sense, but it was, like most like a human nose, but it didn't have like the little tip of the nose on it like we do. It was flatter and wider and the nostrils were slightly turned up more than a human's are instead of pointing like straight down like ours do. Yeah. And uh, the hairline started at the brow ridge. The brow ridge really stood out to me because it was thick, but it didn't look like the brow ridges that I had seen in like Bigfoot movies and like in drawings and stuff. Mm. It was actually thicker in the middle and kind of tapered around the side of the head uh, it wasn't separated into like two separate brow ridges or anything the forehead was covered in hair the hair was growing kind of in a backwards fashion over the top of the head which also again reminded me of the old Lon Chaney Wolfman look uh, it, it almost like looked like it had a little mini afro going on mm. I didn't see any ears uh, the facial hair was pretty much like any dude that grows out his facial hair, the same pattern you would have. Uh, it didn't really have a mustache that was really thick. The beard was much thicker. And then there was like hair on the cheeks and everything. And, uh, yeah, the, the underbite really stood out. I could see like kind of a thinner top lip. 
and then a bigger bottom lip, but it wasn't really hugely pronounced or anything as much as a lip. And uh, again, the, the jawline was really feet, you know, prominent with high cheekbones. Uh, the cheekbones really stood out to me. And with the cheekbones, that the way that they were set and the brow ridge, it made the eyes look really sunken into the head uh, quite a bit, set pretty far back. And uh, yeah, I stare at this thing, I don't know how long, seemed like forever, probably 30 seconds. Took the, the night vision down and I'm just like looking at the guy, trying to process what's going on, what I'm looking at. And I was like, is that a face? And he's like, it looked like one to me. And I put the night vision scope back up and the thing's just gone. Oh, wow. Couldn't see it. Couldn't see the eye shine. Uh, no sound. Didn't hear it running off or anything. The area where it was at, the branch that was going across the bottom of its face just below its mouth was now up higher and like covering the gap where the face had been uh so it's just complete speculation but i always thought that maybe it was like holding a limb down and like looking at us and then let go of the limb and took off whenever i took the night vision scope off of it and turned and looked at robert and you know asked him if it was a face after that sighting <laughs> you know world changed everything came crashing down on me a uh, whole mindset of everything changed and uh, that became my main go-to research area for the next seven to ten years. Hmm. Now let me ask you, when you were looking at it and your instinct kicked in, what did you think you were looking at? Did you think you were looking at something evil or something friendly or just pure, you know, intrigue or how did you feel when you were looking at it? Honestly, at the time, it was more of kind of a shock factor. I, my mind was trying to process what I was looking at mm. because it didn't make sense to me. Right. Uh, so my brain's going through like the Rolodex of like, what is this? This, this can't be a person. This can't be, you know, nobody knows we were going to be here. Like, I'm going like that route with it because it's definitely... You know, now that you asked me that and, like, I'm I'm reliving the moment in my head, I guess I instinctively knew that it wasn't an animal I was looking at. It definitely felt more like a person because that's where my brain went. Who could be out there hoaxing me right now? And, uh, you know, I, I processed that I, there's no, just no way. You know, like, we're all accounted for. Nobody knew we were going to be there. There's no way that anybody could hoax this and it doesn't it, I mean it it wasn't a mask it didn't look like a mask uh, how would you fake the eye shine things like that so like yeah I just really thought it was uh, not evil but not necessarily good I, I guess the same feelings you get just whenever you observe like a person walking down the street or something that you don't know you know, there, there wasn't really any sort of gut instinct or vibe that I got off of it as far as, you know, this is a predator that sees me as prey or, you know, anything like that. Just, uh, I'm looking at another intelligent being. I'm looking at a, a person. Now, um, another question I have, you said you guys were having a barbecue. Do you think it maybe it wanted you guys to fix it a plate? I mean, probably. Uh, here's the thing. So we weren't anywhere where we were having like the cookout area was like seven miles away. Mm, okay. not, not saying it couldn't have known it. Uh, but like I said, this became my main research area for a long time. And, uh, what we learned was that these things, uh, this particular area, like I said, is in a national park and this park has a huge tourist season during the summer months. We're talking millions of people come to this park. And these things have been there, I mean, forever. Uh, before I ever started researching, there were sightings at, in this location for sure. And there's been sightings there since I've stopped researching. 
And we believe that these things have just kind of become used to people in the park and used to being around people more so than they do in other areas. And they take advantage of that. They take advantage of the trash cans. They go through people's camps. So this thing was just doing its normal routine. They, they just honestly, in this area, as crazy as it sounds, whenever it comes to people, they just do not care. They get seen all the time down there. And uh, the locals all know about them. You know, of course, it's not front page news or anything. And there's still people down there that live there that don't know anything about them and don't even think Bigfoot's real. But there are a lot of people that are in the know and are fully aware and tourists see them, locals see them, park rangers see them. Uh, There's been actual police reports about them down there. So it's just a common thing for them to come around to campsites and come around the park in general and dig through trash and everything else. So I think that's probably just what it was doing, just checking out the people like they normally do. Wow. So after you saw that, it was just, you were hooked. Yeah, balls to the wall, man. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you know. Right, right. Pedal to the metal, you know. This thing's real. What the hell? So, so these people weren't lying to me so right right you know there's validation now you've seen it all the stories start to line up but you know you had uh, other experiences with other things uh i know we spoke about um when you're in your house and then something kind of sits on the bed or stuff yeah. like that you want to talk yeah. you want to talk a little bit about some of that I mean, if you want me to talk about it, I'm, the, I'm an open book, man. I'm a, I'm I want to start off with this. I heard one show where you were. I, I believe it was Bigfoot Club. Shout out to Rob and uh, Stephen. Um, you were talking about uh, that you had stayed at a friend's house, and uh, he, I believe a friend had a, a child, and they told you about. Um, yeah, my cousin. Oh, cousin, okay. And, yeah, uh, it was my cousin's house. That, when I heard that, I was working at the shop, and I was uh, probably building something, but I was listening to it, and it just kind of gave me chills <laughs> when it, when I heard it. I had to stop what I was doing and just be like, whoa. <laughs> yeah, man, that was crazy. That was crazy. That was like from stuff off TV. I, you know, as weird as this sounds, man, so like, my house that I live in now is the same house that I was raised in. And there was, I mean, you can call it whatever you want. You know, I'll just speak matter-of-factly about it. This house was and possibly still is haunted. There were people experiencing things in this house before I was ever born. I did not know that until I started having my own experiences as a child and talking to my family about it. Then my mom uh, was in a house for a while, not this house, but a different house, and it was haunted. Hmm. Then the first house I ever moved into after I moved out from here had some activity in it. So, like, I've been around this stuff a lot. And my cousin's house, never nothing. (laughs) Like, totally not haunted. Nothing ever happened there. Until his daughter started, I don't know, talking to somebody every night at the same time. He didn't tell me about it until I was staying the night over there. And, uh, you know, sure enough, I don't remember exactly what time it was, but it was late at night. It was something, you know, like one fifteen or some crazy number that you would never imagine. And he had told me, you know, like, hey, because he knew about my house. He had experiences here and everything. He, you know, a member of the family, so he knew about everything. He knew that I was into that stuff, so he was, like, kind of confiding to me. Not really asking me for help, but, like, wanting me to be there and check it out to see what I thought about it. Right. And sure enough, you know, right at that time, we're sitting there, and I had forgotten about it. I think we were, like, 
you know, playing video games or something. And just all of a sudden, you start hearing her laughing from her bedroom. Because, like, his house is, like, real small, you know, like, wood paneling walls. And his daughter's bedroom was just on the other side of the wall from the living room where we were at. So you could hear real clearly. And she just started, like, laughing. Like, hysterically laughing. Like, this little girl. I think she, you know, she wasn't very old. She wasn't really talking. She was saying a few words. Uh, she was still in a crib, but we heard her giggling and everything. And he just like looked at me and I was like, is that what you're talking about? He's like, yeah. So like we went back there, started listening outside the door. You can hear her talking to somebody. And it sounded like something was talking back, just whispering, just barely audible. Mm. And like, you know, throw open the door, turn on the light real quick. The light switch is right by the door. And she's just like standing in her crib. Like whenever the lights come on, she's standing in her crib. And she's like looking towards the closet. And the closet door is just slightly open. And I know that's, you know, so made for TV, you know, monster in the closet. Mm -hmm. But that's what she was doing. She was staring at the closet. And then she, like, stops staring at the closet, and she, like, looks over at us and just smiles. And I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> they told me that, like, they found, like, <laughs> her, like, shoes would be on the dresser whenever they'd put her to bed. And the next morning, her shoes would be, like, thrown across the room. Wow. Same way with teddy bears, all kinds of stuff. And she wasn't getting out of her crib. If she was getting out of her crib... And doing it, then she was also getting back into her crib without any help. And we don't have any idea how that would have been possible. Uh, and eventually, you know, like I said, she was just saying a few words, so she wasn't really able to communicate real effectively. But, like, I asked her, like, who are you talking to? And to me, it sounded like she said the name Henry. And ain't nobody named Henry. We don't have any Henrys in our family or anything like that. And uh, it was just really weird, man. And, like, the same thing would happen every night. At the same time, she would start laughing, start talking to somebody. And then every night at the same time, she would stop. And it would just end, and she would go back to sleep. Like, it was no big deal. She don't remember it. She's, uh, you know, like in her early 20s at this point it's been that long she don't ever remember anything about it no more experiences besides that so i don't really have an explanation for it just kind of weird maybe those imaginary friends we have when we're kids ain't imaginary whoa yeah that's that's creepy didn't you do something where you stuck a paper or something under the door yeah, I had this bright idea. <laughs> so I got like a little piece of paper and a little pencil and uh, slid it under the door. It may have been like an ink pen or something. I don't remember, but uh, I just wanted to see if anything would make a mark on it, uh, which it didn't. If it had, I would have probably left the house at that point. <laughs> that would have been a little too much for me to handle. I don't really know what I was expecting to happen or why I thought I would do if it did happen, because I can tell you right now, I'm too chicken to do that. Yeah, that's that's some sketchy stuff. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, that one still gives me the chills. When, when little kids and stuff are involved, and yikes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, crazy stuff, man. Yeah, I had some nephews that had uh, imaginary friends, and now that I didn't ever think nothing of it back when they were back in the day, but now I'm just like, whoa, what if they really did have something creepy going on? Well, you know, it's kind of weird because I had an imaginary friend, and his name was Michael, and uh, as a little kid, he looked like Frankenstein. And now that I'm older, I have to wonder, is this Michael person just the spirit of some dead dude? <laughs> and my brain just processes like Frankenstein because that's like the only dead dude I had seen. So you actually saw your imaginary friend? Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah, I could see him. Wow. I mean, what what did he, you know, did he just stand there, or was he like a, you said Frankenstein, so? I just remember that, like, to me, he looked like Frankenstein. Uh, he didn't have any hair, though. He didn't have, like, the square head and the pegs in his neck or anything like that. I don't, I don't, it's been so long, you know, obviously, I don't remember if, like, why I made the Frankenstein connection. Like, I don't recall, like, any stitching. Or yeah, I was gonna say, going did on. you look stitched together? Or I, I mean, maybe, I don't know. Maybe I the know, facial expression, or? Maybe. I just remember his name was Michael. And again, like, I didn't know any Michaels or anything like that. I don't know why the name Michael was the name, but, uh, yeah. What, what, I don't know I, why I, it was a he, but it was Michael, and he reminded me of Frankenstein. What What did he do? Did he, like, talk to you? Did he move around? No. Did he, he just... <laughs> yeah, my imaginary friend never did anything but sit there. Okay. That's all. Yeah, I never played with Michael or anything. And the other thing was, Michael wasn't a kid. It, it was a man, so that's kind of weird now that I think about it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, I don't know, man. I don't I, know what's up with that. Yeah, I just imagined Frankenstein sitting on the floor with you playing with Legos. but. Well, yeah, that's kind of the thing. I would sit there and play in my room, and Michael would just kind of sit off to the side. Cool. Chill. Wow, that's that's crazy too. I mean, was he just like protecting you, observing you? What was he doing there? Yeah, or, I don't or, know. or maybe he was just there, and you you could see him because you were, you know, you you could see that stuff. Uh, you know, I never really thought about it. You know, uh, but I'm. We won't. We don't necessarily have to say how old, but no, I'm 46 now. And uh, I still remember Michael, my Frankenstein imaginary friend. <laughs> so, like, pretty lasting impression, I guess. Yeah, I mean, what to do with that one? I mean, I've always had heard about people that had imaginary friends, but when you try to ask her details, they don't really know much about it and or even remember what they look like. Or, But, but even, if, even if it's not, like, some sort of ghost or something, it's still kind of crazy that... All these little kids make up imaginary friends. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it could be you know either they're a only child or sometimes maybe they don't get along with their brothers and sisters. Yeah, and they just feel lonely. What about uh, any UFOs? Anything? Of course. I mean, you know, why not? Why not just experience everything crazy in your life? Uh, so the UFO stuff isn't that exciting. There was like a couple of events that happened. Um, God, I really don't like telling this story because it sounds kind of stupid. But so I had, we had this lake house growing up that we would go to every weekend. And uh, it was all a bunch of old people up there. It was more of like a retirement community. I was raised by my great grandparents. So they hung out with old people. So I was always around older people. So I would sometimes take friends with me to the lake to have somebody to hang out with as a kid. And this one particular time I took this friend of mine with me and he was into UFOs. I wasn't really caring about UFOs, uh, but he wanted to go quote unquote, look for UFOs. So we walked down by the lake and stared up at the sky for UFOs. Now, this is why it sounds stupid, because we were actually looking for UFOs, and we're kids, uh, probably 12 years old at the time, maybe a little older, maybe 13. So up in the sky, there is these lights. I don't, they looked really high up. Uh, they weren't blinking. They were just solid. They were moving really fast, and they were going not directly towards each other, but they were both going on a path to where they would intersect, so kind of like a triangle. And whenever they got to the intersection point, it turned into one big light, 
and then just streaked off into the sky and disappeared. I have no idea what it was. It's just some strange lights in the sky. We happened to be looking for UFOs at the time. So I consider it a UFO sight. Wow. But then, whenever I was like 16, I was with my cousin, the same one that had the daughter. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he did not have the daughter at the time. But we're in my car. We're stopped because a train is crossing the road in front of us. So we're stuck in traffic waiting for this train to cross. It's the middle of the afternoon, bright, sunny day, a few puffy clouds in the sky, and I'm just sitting there with my window down, just kind of staring off into the sky, waiting on this train, and I see something way up in the sky that looks like basically an airplane without any wings or tail. It's kind of just like a cylinder-shaped thing, Mm. and it's metallic-looking. And, like, this thing isn't... It, it doesn't seem to be moving. It's just kind of like sitting there. And I get my cousin's attention. I'm like, hey, look at this thing. What is this? So he's looking, and he's like not into any of the weird stuff, not into the paranormal, nothing. And he's just like, I don't know what that is. And so we stare at it for a few more minutes. Train's going by, and we're just staring at this object. And eventually, like, a cloud, like, floats in front of it or it goes behind a cloud. Maybe it was moving. It just, I couldn't tell because of the perspective. But after this cloud passed, it was just gone. It wasn't there anymore. Hmm. And I have no idea what it was. And then years later, I heard about people talking about cigar-shaped UFOs, which kind of matched the description of what me and my cousin saw that day. So, I don't know. You don't think it was the Goodyear blimp? No, it was not the Goodyear blimp, which <laughs> I've seen on several occasions. Yeah, it, for it's it not to, blimpy at all. Because I don't think they go super high, right? No. And this was like shiny metallic, not just painted silver. Oh, so it was yeah. reflecting sun, the sunlight? Yeah, you could see like sunlight glinting off of it and stuff like that. And uh, it... it like I said, it was it wasn't like fat like the Goodyear blimp. Uh, it was more like tube shaped, if that makes sense. Kind of like a metallic hot dog, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I, I've gotten more into UFOs here recently, over the past year or so. Uh, you know, I've always had a slight interest, just because, like I said, I'm interested in all those kind of topics. But I've started uh, trying to learn more about ufo stuff now that you know the aliens are among us and all yeah with the stuff coming out on the news stuff like that yeah let me ask you uh do you think all these things bigfoot ghosts do you think they're all somehow tied in together and not necessarily meaning that you know bigfoot jumps in a ufo or anything but Meaning, like, is it a part of a, I don't know, another world, another dimension, another, I don't know, how to, you know, would be a good word for it? You know, I grew up with the uh, thought or understanding, you know, UFOs have always been presented as spacecraft, like alien spacecraft. Mm-hmm. You know, they're just spaceships. But... Like I said, over the past year, I've gotten more into it, and I've heard more reports from some people about these things uh, changing shapes and being almost like almost fluid, you know, uh, and not necessarily any type of craft or vehicle of some kind, but just something that we don't understand. There's also a lot of people who have the theory that UFOs do come from another dimension instead of traveling across the galaxy or whatever. Uh, So from that perspective, uh, paranormal belief, you know, ghosts, spirits of dead people, uh, you always hear talk about the veil, you know, the, this other side, uh, the, the name of my show, Bigfoot Crossroads, that's actually what Crossroads in the title of my show represents. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the place where our world meets the world 
of the paranormal and supernatural. Uh, you hear lots of stories coming from different people about, you know, their weird Bigfoot experiences, uh, having supernatural things happen. So I know that there's a lot of beliefs out there about these things all coming from the same place or being tied together somehow. And at this point, I mean, we've always cataloged them together like that. Uh, even though we keep them separate, you know, you have your ghost researchers and you have your Bigfoot researchers and your UFO researchers. But whenever it comes to those type things, they always get lumped together in, you know, the unexplained or Fordian subjects or paranormal or supernatural or whatever label you want to put on it. Does that mean they're tied together like you said? I don't know if they put stepping off of UFOs or not. Uh, but I am definitely open to the possibility that, uh, yes, these things are somehow connected because I keep on running across people like myself where you don't just find somebody, you know, every once in a while you do. Every once in a while you find somebody where just like, yeah, they had a Bigfoot sighting where they saw one cross the road or something, and that's the only weird thing that's ever happened to them. But typically, uh, you have situations like myself where someone had a Bigfoot sighting. They also lived in a haunted house at one point in time. They've also seen a UFO. And there's just this whole laundry list of weird things that they've experienced. So why is it that people experience a whole bunch of different things and not just one single thing? Right. Uh, so to me, it almost seems like that kind of starts going in the area of like, yeah, they, they do all come from some other place, whether that be another dimension or whatever you want to call it. But with you doing a lot of shows and talking with a lot of people, is there like any interview that or or an experience that someone has uh, told you about that just kind of just sticks to you that you're just always thinking about or just always wondering about? Man, there's a few. Uh, there's some that stick with me just because of the impact it had on the person. Um, you know, somebody just recently asked me if there was a particular one that really stood out to me that I just believe to be true more so than others. Uh, because, like, on my show, I just have people on. I let them tell their story. I, you know add my two cents here and there because uh, I just like to hear the stories and I just like talking to people but I keep my opinions out of it and you know I let the listener decide what you know believe what they want mm -hmm. take what they want from the conversation I don't try to push an agenda with it right uh, but the story that came to mind instantly is like really one of the more laid-back chill sightings that wasn't really that big of a deal it was this uh guy in colorado who's a mma fighter he was out in his garage you know working out one morning before sunup had the garage door open he lives in a really small mountain town in colorado and there's i guess like a river across from his house and on the other side of this river is like this huge a piece of property at some kind of ranch or whatever and it's all wooded and everything and uh, he just happened to see a Bigfoot walking up from like the bank of the river up the hill and over the hill across from his house hmm. uh, I think it was like standing there looking at him at the time and he looked up and saw it and it just stood there and then kind of casually walked off and uh, he tracked down a researcher they got permission to go on the property they found tracks they found uh, hair in the same area that he saw this thing I don't know if it's Bigfoot hair but uh, Doug Highcheck has some of it and believes it to be Bigfoot hair he's looked at it under a microscope and everything and then the uh, guy ended up talking to some neighbors and finding out that like they had a sighting and then these other neighbors by him had a sighting and so, like, 
it's not like one of those crazy stories where like the Bigfoot kicked in the door and came inside the house or anything. But to me, that one just like really stands out. And I think it stands out to me because the guy that witnessed it, even with all of that on my show, he's still going through the process of trying to understand what he saw. Oh. And he's like, I, 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 I don't even know if it was a Bigfoot. This is just what I saw, you know, like, and he's describing a Bigfoot, but he's like going through the mental process of trying to accept the fact that, yeah, you saw a Bigfoot, they're real, you know, and it wasn't something that he ever thought about or looked for or anything. So that one just really stands out to me. And I just talked to him the other day and, uh, he's still, you know, pretty much at the same place that he was. He's excited, he, he, but he, he's just thirsty for answers. He's trying to get answers. And, you know, as you probably know uh, from being a an OG in this field as well, like, that kind of sucks, man, because the answers just aren't there. I guess the best thing is just to keep talking to people and just getting pieces and just putting it together. Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, even though the answers aren't there, there's at least a community of people who understand and have experienced the same thing that someone else may have. Yeah. You know, and that helps out a lot. So do you got plans for the future? You're just going to keep going with Crossroads? You got any Man, other projects? You know, I always got plans. Now, whether they will see the light of day, I don't know. Uh, but I'm definitely interested. You know, Bigfoot Crossroads will continue. I started including other things in that show besides just Bigfoot because, like I said, I've always been interested in it. But I really want to keep Bigfoot Crossroads kind of its own thing with, like, focusing on witnesses mm-hmm. of Bigfoot and ghosts and UFOs or whatever. Uh, kind of keep it rooted in Bigfoot, though. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, like I said, man, I always got projects on the burner. And uh, I kind of like to kick up something where I'm just talking about stuff with somebody else, you know, like find me a good co-host or something and just uh, discuss some of these crazy topics and uh, maybe get the conversations with some authors and filmmakers and things like that and just have more of a a topic-based type podcast going on. And then, uh, of course, you know, my boy Robert over at Bigfoot Club, him and Steven. Like I'm always working with them. Uh, I'm always working with people calling all beans, another podcast. That's my UFO people. Uh, you know, they're interested in other topics too. They, you know, they have Bigfoot guests on there all the time, but I sit in with them from time to time whenever my schedule allows it. And uh, I've been learning a lot of stuff off them about UFOs. You know, uh, DJ, Nathan, Deb, Leah, all of them. They're a huge group, kind of a network thing going on over there. Um, so I'm always working with them. So I already have lots of stuff going on, kind of, but uh, I always keep that door open, you know, always looking for a next thing to uh, kind of spread my creativity and my, my juices. Right, right. I mean, it's always constantly evolving. As long as you go with it, you're good to go, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, everybody knows Bigfoot Crossroads. But I don't know about that. I run across people all the time that have never heard of Bigfoot Crossroads. I don't even know what I'm doing wrong. <laughs> I don't know. That's weird. What's wrong with them? But uh, for the ones that don't know, I mean, how could they uh, find you? Man, the, uh, the easiest way to find Bigfoot Crossroads is BigfootCrossroads.com. Okay. You all got... the links are there. There's contact form there. You can reach me personally. Uh Past episodes are there. Links to merch. Support the show. We don't do this uh, for free. We do do it for free, but it costs us money. So, you know, whoever you listen to, whatever podcast you listen to, whatever YouTube channel you watch, whoever you follow on the Internet, if there's a way to support them, do so. If you can't afford to do it, like, share, do that. Leave a comment. Leave a rating. It helps all of us out more than you know. We appreciate it. Now, one last question. If you were to leave this world tomorrow, what would you want to say? Man. 
That's a rough question for me, man. You don't even know. Uh, I would say don't waste your time. And what I mean by that is time is the most precious thing we have. And make sure that you're not wasting it on bullshit. Make it count for something because you only got a limited amount and you never know when the clock is going to stop. Wow, that was deep. It's like you have to value time more. Don't waste your time on stuff that doesn't matter or it's not going to make a difference. Yeah, just kind of put your energy into things that make you happy. And I think that's yes, what, don't, what, what it's all about. What do you, you never know what's going to happen. Yeah, you don't. But on that note, I just want to thank everybody for listening. And uh, if you can, like we said in the beginning, share our show, tell your friends about it. And if you want to be on our show, go to Big Dogs Random Show on uh, Facebook. And you can look up Big Dogs Random Show on Google. And uh, if you want to be a guest on the show, you can go to Big Dog underscore random underscore show at yahoo.com and email me um and we can do it that way just get a hold of me some kind of way tell somebody to to tell somebody to tell somebody to tell somebody that you want to be on and we'll try to make it happen because i know everybody has a story also we just we talk about anything anything Random. It could be ghosts, Bigfoot, UFOs, near-death experiences, um, you know. Dreams. Dreams. We have lots of crazy dreams. Yeah, I think we need to start a dream journal. Yeah, because mine are pretty bad sometimes. And we can read them. <laughs> There's been plenty of times where you had to pull me out, wake me up. From dreams. I think we should start with that one. Yeah, maybe we will on another episode. But, what do you want to say before we go? Subscribe to my husband's podcast and thank you for your support. This is our podcast, but okay. <laughs> Love you guys. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.